Hello. This is the Pantheon of Chimps. This is episode one of the Pantheon of Chimps. My name is Alex. I'm this Jeremiah. Jeremiah. And today we're going to be talking about why we believe men are, are weak. weak. Modern men, specifically, Modern are men. weak. Why do you believe that? Well, we got to go into what being weak means, right? Let's look at the notes. I can't read your handwriting because it's so ass, but... So let's start off with weakness. Like, what is what is it? I'm gonna ask you. What does it mean to be a weak man? I think first and foremost, well, what is it to be a man? Then you know, I think a man is, is able is to. Woman? I think a man is able to provide for his family. You know, in the more like in the evolutionary sense of hunters and gatherers, men were the ones going out gathering, uh, killing animals to provide for their food and family. And historically, men were always sent to battlefields first. To protect their their nation, but most importantly their family, so the enemy doesn't come to their nation to attack their family. I believe that you're able, should be able to defend your family either that you know physically or protect them from the elements from outside, you know, from predators, from natural disasters. You're able to give to them. Hmm. Yeah, I, to build on top of that, I think men are generally builders of the world. Where when you look at what men have. Um, traditionally have done what they do is build they create things whether it's skyscrapers whether it's cars whether it's roads men build the world in a way that suits humanity's needs and that could be like needing food and then men build systems for agriculture or they go out and hunt that's one essence of being a man and so building on that definition of a man what does it imply that a man is weak like what is the implication of being a weak man I think first and foremost if you're not able to provide for yourself can't provide for anybody so if you as a man can't keep good hygiene I mean keep a stable job be disciplined and work hard how then are you able to provide for your family how then are you able to protect your family is that all a man is that's one part of being a man Okay. I think another part of being a man is being this. So what about the the, what about the examples of men who decide to not have families? They're basically celibates, but they pursue something outside of that realm. If you know what I mean, like mm. like the Nikola Teslas of the world who mm-hmm. was celibate and decided to pursue the sciences. Like I said, it's like there's multiple aspects. I think to to retract on the statement. Okay, there's multiple. Now we'll say there's multiple aspects of being a man. There's the family side, which is important. But if a man decides not to have a family like Nikolai Tesla, they pursue something greater that's bigger than themselves, right? He pursued trying to harness energy hmm. and provide, and he created, he like helped electricity come into the modern world. I think there's, I think that's a great feat, right? Mm-hmm. Where he sacrificed, he, he sacrificed having a family to provide for the greater good of society in general. He, in essence, he helped society as a family provided for them. Yeah, it seems the common denominator is, like I said, b- about being a builder. Whether it's a builder mm-hmm. for humanity as a whole or a builder for your own little sect of family within humanity. And it seems, especially as the father role, when we look at what men generally do, they were generally role models. They are generally people who are supposed to, to lead by example. And when you look at your father, like you usually care about what he thinks about you. You yeah. go to him for advice. You go to him to ask about what do I do in X circumstances. And I think that really just ties into the fact that men are generally meant to be 
creators. They're meant to to build something in this this world or this life or in people. And it's common whether you're a family man or a scientist or a athlete. Like there, there's a common denominator there, and that's you. You're building something. Whether that you know be a legacy, yeah, or family. Yeah, your family something. is your legacy, or your your legacy is what lives on for humanity. Like Tesla's inventions, mm. that's his legacy. Um, but back to the point about being a weak man. So, what do you think? We know what a man is—a good, strong man. The, an example of that wouldn't that imply that a weak man is one who does not fulfill that paradigm? Yeah, I believe so. Like a man that falls into pleasures, alcoholism. Or desires for chasing women, lust. Things that destruct him. Destruct him. Opposite the building. Yes. Carnal desires. You know, seeking pleasure. Why do those desires destroy the man? I think it's a power of... It's a a battle between himself of... um, Of having the will to do the right thing. You know, if you win that battle over yourself, you can win any battle that the world throws at you. If you're able to say, like, okay, I'm not going to let my desire to have sex have control over me. For Pers- what reason? So you can pursue. You know that, if you know that going after women makes you, like, afterwards, after you have sex, you feel bad and worse. You don't feel good. Right? What? But why is it you feel bad? Like, of course, there's a reason I think for it's a, subconsciously, you know that you, you, you know you're capable of doing something much better. You're can do something much better for your time. I believe subconsciously you believe yourself that it's just that you don't have the will to quit. It's almost like an addiction. Mm-hmm. You don't have the willpower to quit. Or you, you don't want to go through that struggle. So you keep on hiding it and keep on doing it until eventually you dig yourself a di- bigger hole. And the deeper you dig, the harder it's going to be for you to get out. That makes sense. Yeah. So anything that detracts from the man's mission seems to be just a distraction. It's mm. not... In any way, it doesn't really contribute to his purpose. And that seems to be the problem with anything carnal desires is because if you're doing something for the sake of pleasure itself, for for that sake, like if you're like playing video games, if you're playing a video game that's just, uh, it's mind-numbing, for lack of better words, like you're playing uh, like some mobile app game, like it's Candy Crush. Or yeah, like Subway Surfers, like yeah. those kind of games where it's just like, there's no end goal to it. There's no like meaning in it it's just it, it's just that in itself mm. it's just the game itself and that's the gameplay loop and when you apply that to other things in your life you got to look like what is the end goal of it does this contribute to to yourself to your mission to to the end goal of humanity like does you playing subway surfers in that moment in any way contribute to your future to your children's future and most of the time most people will come to the answer that's no that most of the time a lot of the things they do that is just a um, it's really you're just seeking for that pleasure when mm. you can find that pleasure in other things that usually require more work. I think nowadays for men our age, mid early 20s to mid 20s, there's a cycle that they can fall into where it's they wake up, uh, they don't. I've personally gone through this where you wake up, you don't bother to brush your teeth or clean your face. You hop on the game, whether it's if you're on like a computer or a PlayStation, you play for a couple hours. You, you get bored, you go on your phone, scroll on Instagram and TikTok. You get bored of doing that, so you finally decide to go eat something. You eat something that's unhealthy most of the time because you want a quick something to fill you up real quick. And then you hop, out, you hop on back in the game. 
you play for a couple more hours and then you get bored and then you go back on your phone and you decide to, to masturbate and it's very easy and you want to it's just habitual yeah. at this point and then you do that and to build on top of this cycle you start smoking weed you become lazier and then you hop out hop on back in the game and your whole day has just been this cycle of being on your phone eating shitty food and masturbating and playing games and some people live through, live through this their entire life and they don't, they don't realize that they're doing they, this or they do realize it it's just that it's a harsh truth to really come to mm. Maybe it's just something that they don't want to have to yeah. talk to themselves about. And... Yeah, it's funny. Like it's They know that what they're living through sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I find. Like Everybody who's living that lifestyle, like they would probably unanimously agree that their lifestyle kind of sucks. And it's not what they want. Like If you ask them, like, if you live like this for the rest of your life, would you be happy? Most of them would say no. But the thing is, that, like, what is it that they're chasing? Like if, you're, if your answer to that question is no, then... What where does this lifestyle lead to? Mm-hmm. If it leads to the same lifestyle you're having, then that begs the question, are you dedicated to something that'll lead to something better? Well, I think a lot of people struggle finding that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's an interesting point, is finding purpose. And if you don't have a strong enough purpose, then you're just going to fall in those holes of just finding cheap dopamine. What is the most painful thing for you, then? Hmm. <laughs> um most painful thing for me to do probably uh staying focused because a lot of times what I'll be working on is like damn you know I could go I want to play games or video games and then I realize well it's distracting me from this I know I gotta do this thing but why don't I want to do it you know mm-hmm. I gotta stay focused on it and just keeping that it's a constant battle. It's like ten percent of the plan is the idea, and then ninety percent is actually doing it, mm-hmm. and it sucks. I think yeah, keep doing it. It's the boring. It's like the how boring. how willing are you to be bored for a long period of time doing tasks that nobody really wants to do? It's an interesting point. For me, it's the same thing. It's focus. Focus is one of the. I'd argue it's the most valuable thing right next to time. Right, time plus focus equals greatness. And if you don't have uh, enough time, then you can't really achieve anything, right? If you have all these obligations, you have other things to do, then if you don't have enough time to do it, then you won't really get far. But if you have all the time, but not enough focus, you won't really get much done. Uh, You can find yourself doing something that should have taken 30 minutes and it took you four hours. That's, That's the equivalent. And now you're back into that time struggle where you think you have no time. Stop hitting that thing. I'm going to keep hitting that thing, dog. Okay. But, yeah, it, it that is probably the most painful thing, is be, being willing to be bored for a long period of time doing the things that you know you should be and want to do. I think it's just the pain of, pain of discipline. Hmm. It's like you got to learn to love the suck. It's like going to the gym. You know it hurts, but you still keep going. Why? Because there's a lot of health benefits. And afterwards, you're going to be like, damn I feel pretty good after this hard workout. Or like when you do jujitsu or MMA, it sucks getting hurt and hit and like having your shoulder pop out. Yeah. But afterwards, you're like, damn, that felt good. I want to do this again. Yeah. Embracing the suck. Yeah, and what helps the most too is like a lot of people at MMA don't think they're making any progress, but the one, number one thing coaches say is that you are. You just don't notice. If you took a 
if you took a video of yourself in the beginning of your journey and then you tried to make highlights of it, you'll see that you yeah. made a lot of progress. And but the thing is, like, you make no progress unless you put that time and that effort in. And if you put neither in, you won't get very far. So what's what's we just touched on this earlier in terms of uh, what's the what what is the biggest problems plaguing this young generation of men? And we touched on like being focused. Mm. But what do you think is the what do you think is the modern day battles that are making men weak? I think one thing is one big thing that I've seen a lot within my friends and just from work and people outside in general is abusing marijuana. Like there's with anything there's a healthy amount. But I think with marijuana it's I think it's a subject where an addiction is real with marijuana one. It's just not talked about a lot. Um people can develop these addictions very easily and once you get into that routine of when you wake up, you smoke. And then you feel good. Sometimes you don't even feel good when you smoke. It's just a habit at that point. It's an addiction. You just can't function without it, right? And then you smoke it, and then you feel tired afterwards, and you take a nap. You don't do anything. And then you wake up. Let's say you woke up at 8 a.m. You take a nap, and that's 12 p.m. Your, your levels inside your body are all mixed up, so you don't feel like doing anything. So you smoke again. And it's this cycle of just feeling tired constantly and then like that hinders your desire to for ambition and hard work i think that's one thing another thing especially we both struggle through this and a lot of people do is pornography i think every guy does how easily accessible it is and how much it damages your brain and how you view women i found that when when i viewed when i viewed a lot of pornography i didn't really see women for like as people i just i would first look at their butts and then their their titties their their breasts yeah and then judge them off that. Like, I really didn't see them as humans anymore. I just saw them as, like, what I fuck her. Objects of Objects of sex. Yeah. yeah. It really did, like, play a, a big part in my, like, it does affect you. You just don't know it. And yeah. it gets to the point where you masturbate so much, it's just a habit. Like, you know you shouldn't do it, but it feels weird if you don't. You do it, you don't even feel good anymore. That's an interesting point where it reduces the, the actual goodness of that thing to just something that... It's not like what we find equivalents of that. Like, I think video games is that equivalent. Like, mm. what is the video game equivalent to? Like, it's real life. It's it, the idea of going on quests and becoming accomplished, becoming self-actualized to this, this point. Like, what's the idea of leveling up? You apply that to real life. Like, that, that's the circuitry in the male brain. The male mm. brain wants to do that. And what you're reducing it to is this thing that doesn't really fulfill you in any way you can do the same thing with food as well like sometimes you can think food of just simply as pleasure and when you think food is just pleasure then you're just going to eat shitty food all yeah. the time rather than food for sustenance in itself like you video games you see health stats like yeah 50 health like if you saw your game if you saw your life as a video game yeah you would if you saw your skill trees your level like if there was a ui with your eye yeah you would try to level it up level up but there's, that doesn't exist here. You have to have that mindset. You have to view that yourself. Yeah, you analyze your strengths and your weaknesses. Yeah. And you analyze what you want to be. Like, what's your build? Right? Like, yeah, what's your build? Literally, yeah. what's your build in real life? What do you want to pursue to get really good at? Or do you want yeah. to be... Like, there's there's a lot of things that video games really do play into real life. And you look at anything else that we do in terms of behaviors, there's a way to reduce it to something that's not. Like, with women specifically, if you d reduce a woman to just sex... And that's all you'll see them as. And, and that's why you seem to 
not look at women as human beings anymore. And the same thing with food. Same thing with drugs. Like, to an extent, drugs have their, their purpose. But if you're taking drugs for the sake of drugs, mm-hmm. then it reduces the the meaning of it. Like, if you... Like, caffeine has a place. Like, yeah. there's a reason why you, you feel more alert, more focused when you take caffeine. But if you're just taking caffeine for the effect itself, like, you're not working and you need that boost, yeah, then you're just abusing it at that point. Mm. It's like with coffee drinkers, they've drinking so much. Yeah. That like their cup of coffee in the morning doesn't help them anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I argue that applies to everything. Like with video games, you get to the same point. With pornography, you get the same point. Or if you live a promiscuous lifestyle, it's, it's always the same thing. It's just, it's just a black hole. Like mm. there's nothing really coming out of this. And you find, I think that's what makes men weak is they don't, they don't have the perspicacity to see that Either A, they're just ignorant, right? Like yeah, that's they, a big word. <laughs> <laughs> so it, they just either A, ignorant, like they're just doing it and they don't like understand why they're doing it or they do, but they're just fools, right? Like they're, they know it doesn't make them feel good and they don't feel good. Like they just know the answer at the end of the day that what they're doing is, is kind of self-destructive, mm-hmm. but they still choose to do it. I kind of want to delve into that. Like, what is that pattern of thinking? Like, why is it that human beings will do that? Like, human beings will suffer and continue to further just, their own suffering. It's like a matter of truth. You know the truth, but it's too difficult to accept it. Some people even accept it. Some people, like, say, like, oh, this is just what I am now, and I'm just going to continue living like this. Like, that one worker I made at Walmart that you told me... Worked yeah. there for like 30 years. He's just Walmart guy who's yeah. going to work at Walmart for the rest of his life. And you can ask him like, hey, do you like working at Walmart? And he's not like, oh, yeah, I love working here. He's like, no. Mm. That is. Mm. Bruh. <laughs> um, maybe lack of will. I don't know. Lack of will. What is the will? What is the will? I don't know. It's maybe they just gotten so used to it that they've like hidden their desire for anything like that. That that spark of desire is just built on top of so much like dirt that it can't really spark. Maybe they have to have a conversation with themselves, like a deep, serious conversation with themselves, and just too scared to do that. Hmm. What is what separates from the person who does? self-improve as opposed to the person who doesn't like there's the same thing right like they, they both go through they're both in the maybe trenches. the acceptance of struggle the struggle is okay hmm. you, one person could be struggle as um the self-improvement person struggles an opportunity to grow whereas the person on the opposite scale is like struggle is just struggle. an obstacle in the way i don't want to i don't like the pain of it it's not going to help me they're too afraid to wrestle with it what what about the doomers that kind of like know about the suffering and they still suffer like and they know that they they know right they have to know that like there is a way out but they're kind of addicted to that sadness mm, yeah maybe the um they like the attention they get um, what about the people who just live quiet lives of desperation mm. Like, some people don't go out and try and get attention for how shitty their lives are, right? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. It's an interesting thing. I remember reading a comment. I just mentioned it, but 
you get addicted to a certain kind of sadness. Mm. It's, I mean, I don't necessarily know if it's a habit, but you kind of start chasing after that feeling of just being sad, sometimes for no reason. I think some people are just like that, where they... It's like, you live long enough, your brain's just hardwired that way. Hardwired like that way. Yeah. You reset. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that maybe is what separates the person who has... I don't know if it's necessarily the will, but if you put two people who grew up in the same circumstances, same traumas, same life, but one decides to pursue a better one and the other one doesn't, what is that thing? That What is that flick of the switch? Mm. Well, it's like you can go both ways, right? You can become addicted to chasing success. It's like you said, you can become yeah. addicted to chasing sadness. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Yeah. We all have addictions. It's just you're choosing what to be addicted to. I, you can see that way, yeah. Yeah. So, how do we bring that back to a man who is weak? Is it... I think a man who is weak is not willing to wrestle with struggle and they see it as an opportunity to grow. They're, it's like uh, it's like with lifting weights, put in the physical sense. You know it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's going to hurt. But you still got... If you want to grow muscle, say growing muscle is improving... You do it, even though it hurts. The new guy at the gym won't be like, oh, that's too hard. I don't want to do that. That's the person that doesn't want to grow, you know? Hmm. They, see think, the weights yeah. heavy. they see the weights heavy or they see the weights there, like, but they don't want to feel it, yeah. even though they know it'll help them. It's like when you take like any new person to the gym. Like you tell them this can only help you, Yeah. but it just it doesn't, doesn't click through them or they're so used to taking the easy way out. Mm-hmm. this is also a thought that popped in my head like what and what about the people who kind of do grind but they don't do it in real life like video games like a lot of it is grinding like you have to grind for a lot of things in video games mm-hmm. you have to do things you don't really want to do in that game like why is it that somebody would be so interested in doing hard work but not for their real life selves if you know what I mean one reason could be maybe they just haven't explored much areas of where they can apply that grinding in video games to something in the real life. You know what I mean? They're shut in. Mm-hmm. They can try to, you know, find something they like that can benefit them more in real life. Yeah, there's benefits of video games, but for being real, it's not real life. Yeah. You need to find a job. I don't know. It's, they're not willing to find that other thing that isn't video games where they can apply that video game skill to something else. Hmm. So how do you... Hmm, well, maybe that should be for another episode of like how we fix this. Mm-hmm. But what's another thing that makes a man weak? Like say if like a man... Hmm, what's, how do I explain my thought process? What leads a man down that dark path? What is it that causes him to go down that way? Maybe a lack of a good role model, of a, a lack of a good man in their life. Yeah. That could be one. I think it could also be a lack of hope. Mm. That's easier. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people in this world don't see much hope in it. Yeah, like if you don't have hope for a better day, like a day where you're finally content, what's the point? 
What's the mm. point of putting in the work? What's the point of suffering even more? Like adding to your suffering already. Like what's worse than what's worse than being a loser, feeling like a loser, and, and continuing to lose more? Like imagine. I, I remember this one moment. Remember you from wrestling when you lost that match with Sweetman? Yeah. And you ended up like, I don't remember if you're crying, but you were, you're falling apart. Like you yeah. were crestfallen yeah. about losing. And you, I remember it vividly, like how you were so upset about being a loser. Like that feeling is the, the worst feeling in the world. I'd argue just feeling like a loser that you lost. Yeah. Some freshman beat me and I'm a junior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible feeling. Yeah. Like, and everybody knows like, He's better than you. He's objectively better than you. Yeah. And imagine you already felt like shit before that, right? And you want to be a great wrestler, but you know that you got to be a loser even more. What if there was no hope of being a great wrestler? Mm -hmm. Like, if there was no hope of being great one day, like, you just know that, like, I'm probably just going to be a loser. Then you're not going to be a loser. Like, you just don't want to go into it because you think the results are always just going to be negative in that way. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of young men, there's no genuine hope. Like, for example... When you see the state of the world right now, like when you just look through your phone, yeah. everything looks worse, right? It kind of exacerbates the negatives. And I'd argue the positives. I think social media, the problem with it is it really amplifies extremes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really amplify the neutral because I think the neutral is really the audience, the people who are not posting stuff because yeah. most people are normal. <laughs> most people who, <laughs> like don't really post that much on social media, yeah, yeah. but really extreme people tend to post on social media. Yeah. So you really get a lens of the extremes of, of our culture. And what you do see is a lot of negative content out there that really amplifies those extremes. Like imagine you're a young man and like you see the, like how much you would have to work for a okay quality of life. And you see like men are able to buy cars that are worth the cost of a house and yeah. you have you have to spend 30 years to maybe own that house and there's guys who can drop like they can buy your house with just like a mm -hmm. day's worth of work yeah or like when you look at the state of how a lot of women are like what's the point of doing all this hard work to find a wife that you're not like that's just low quality right mm -hmm. or you you do all this work for something that's not really worth it and if that that really does demotivate you like if the reward doesn't match the the effort then why would you do it? Like imagine doing something with a lot of effort and your reward is, is minimal. There's not much reward in it. You wouldn't do it. There's no point to yeah, do it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I get you. A lot of people are fine with it if it's high risk, high reward, right? Like a lot of people go for broke. They try to start a business and they're, and they have no money, but they're fine with that because that dream, that dream of like, what if I make it? Yeah. What if, what if I'm able to hit it big? Like, that circuit really does exist in the human brain. That's why gambling is like, it, it works, <laughs> right? Like you yeah. may hit it big. That's why I'm willing to put in this, this cost. I'm willing to pay the price, but if the price is huge and the, the outcome is not, then mm -hmm. what's the point of doing it? I'd, I'd probably argue that's probably the biggest thing is there's not a lot of hope in this generation. A lot of young men don't have, don't have a why. Like a lot of guys already know the answer. They already know that like, what they want. Most guys already know what they want. Like what they, is it? What do they want? They want to be a high status individual. They want to be a great man. Like, what? It, when you're a boy, what do you want to be? A superhero? Astronaut, firefighter, yeah, you, commando. And yeah. why is that? Like, because people respect those people. People are like, those people are cool. Those people are awesome. And if you had it your way, you would, you would do that even if it was a lot of hard work involved in it because at least you get the title of being an astronaut. Mm -hmm. You get the title of being a champion. Like, why do guys go to extreme lengths to be a champion? 
feels good. Because, it, it, yeah, it's a status thing. Like, yeah. they feel great when they're like, I'm a champion. That, that's me. Well, maybe that's why people spend so much time in video games. They know they're not going to achieve this in real life. So yeah. they can achieve it in video games. They can achieve it in a world that's not theirs. Yeah. And it, it kind of exploits that circuitry, like we explained earlier. Like, you, that circuitry exists, but you're just reducing it to something else to video, still yeah. get that end goal. Yeah. But you're just really tricking yourself. You're just, you're being a fool. Mm. And I think the problem in today is they, they have that circuitry. It's existed forever, but they don't see the point in doing it because there's no hope of actually achieving that. And it you kind of see that because with most things, we see that there's only really extremes that can happen. Like you see the, like you see 24 year old millionaires, like, yeah. and you're like, you could be 30 years old and still haven't made it. And you're like, there's no point. Like. These guys, and they usually make excuses, right? They make, they say, like, oh, these guys did that, or these yeah. guys are from daddy's money. Yeah. And sometimes that's true, and that could be, because a lot of social media, like, there are a lot of liars out there. They don't really show the full picture of how they achieve their success. But if there's no hope to do it, if there's no reason to do it, you won't do it. Like, there's a lot of things. There's Every choice you make, there's a reason why you made it. Mm-hmm. And if there's where our brains are kind of like a computer where we're balancing out outcomes and we're trying to find the best outcome for our lives. And oftentimes we choose whatever has the least amount of effort for the highest amount of reward. Right. But for some people, they want a higher reward. So they they'll try to match the effort as much as possible. But everybody wants that high reward. Everybody wants it. Everybody wants to be the best of the best, whatever. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that. To a lot of men, it seems unachievable. They don't mm. think they can. If you don't have that self-belief to think, I can, yeah. If I if I do all the work, if I do what I have to, to become that, I'll do it. This is how, like, some, when you look at MMA fighters, when you look at athletes, like, they have that different kind of self-belief that people admire. Because they, they believe that they can. And just with that alone, they were willing to do the work that is required to become a champion. But if you don't believe you can, you won't do the work. There's no point in it because you don't, you don't see hope. Mm. So how do we instill hope? How do we give that sense of I can do it? Is, is it, it a mental mind shift or is it of a societal thing? Is it or is it? Let's start with things you can't control in your life. Let's say All you're right. this doomer. Let's say start with the things you can control. If you smoke weed, you can stop smoking weed. But you... that's the, goes ties back to the like, what's the point of doing it? Well, like the the outcome of it is. Well, like... if, okay. Well, here's the question I pose: If you so, if you already know what it's like to be at the bottom, and it's so pointless, why not just like try? Because the, there's no hope again. Like there's no, you don't think it gets better. It doesn't hurt to try. For some people, sure. Some people do try. Some people okay. don't. And what I'm trying to examine here is why. Why don't they? Uh, yeah. And I think how Steve Harvey put it this way. He said, if you're broke, like just one time pay for a first class plane ticket and and feel every luxury you get in first class. That's probably going to inspire you to never want to fly coach again. Yeah. And you're going to do everything you can to make sure that never happens. Is it that they need that one? They need a win. They need a win. They need a taste of it. They need a taste of it. Like, see, that's what hope is. It's like that little light that you have inside of you they that it's that dream that keeps you moving and every athlete every champion every every successful person ever they had that little dream in them they saw it they they saw it in other people they saw it in 
and friends, family, or they heard stories. And that's what, like, the purpose of, like, heroic stories are. Yeah. Like, they talk about a hero who comes from nothing into something. Like, you're like, oh, what if I could do that? That what if in them is what drives them. And I think when you apply it to something like marijuana, like, it's a lot of effort to quit. Like Especially if you're smoking for years. Yeah, especially if it's a built-in habit. And if there's no really good reason to do it, you will not do it. Mm. Like, you tell them to quit, and I'm like, oh, what for? Like, oh, it's better for your health. Well, I don't give a shit about that. Like, why do I... I don't care about my health enough. This world isn't li- worth living enough to have great health. Mm. It always seems to come back to the fact that there's really no point to them. Mm. Most people are willing to... A lot of people are willing to do crazy things if, if the if the purpose is strong enough. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people, they don't have one. I think culturally, we're in a more nihilistic culture, a culture where there is no inherent meaning. There's nothing... A lot of people think it's just absurd or all of this is just kind of pointless and you just live. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people are doing. Um, that's, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. All of our needs to survive can be met pretty easily. Cheap food, cheap entertainment. You can find, I mean, you can live with your parents. You don't have to find, maybe there's no urgency. Yeah. That's what's talked about in Fight Club, the movie. It says that there's no great war, there's no great depression. Things yeah. that, like, could cause you to actually go out there and hunt. Go out there and fight for your life. Because... The basic, most primal thing a human being has is the fight for life. Mm-hmm. But once that battle is over, what's the next one? He says it's spiritual. It's a spiritual warfare. And yeah. what is more damaging to a young man's spirit than things that will exploit the circuitries in his brain, exploit his behaviors? And I think the biggest thing that makes a man weak is probably his lack of will, that spirit in him. Like, what makes a man strong like I don't necessarily think it's his his inability to provide because there are plenty of great mm-hmm. men who just like who don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't seem to be the the provisioning that makes a man a man. Like okay. there are plenty of men who make a lot of money and they're kind of dorks, right? They're, they're <laughs> yeah. losers. Okay, yeah. And there are plenty of men who probably are like when you look at the traditional hunter gatherer, like even though he's competent in those areas, that doesn't seem to be what makes him a strong man. What seems to make him a strong man is his character, his ability to to triumph, and that really does come from the spirit. Mm. If he doesn't have that spirit in him to 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 see, like it, it's like seeing the Matrix, right? Like you see that video games is a trap, and mm. imagine yourself in that trap. Like, are you able to get out of it? I think that's what makes the man strong. Like that's his triumph of whatever is. I don't, I don't know if it's his mind, but something that got him in that trap, whatever that gets him out of it, that's what makes him strong. I don't know how to describe it other than his spirit. Mm-hmm. And when you lack that, and you lack that because you don't have purpose, it doesn't really activate that spirit in you, that fire in you. It's like dormant until you have that thing that ignites it. And I think that's what separates the man who, two men, same, same experiences, same trauma, one of those men have that one cannonball moment, that, that yeah. one thing that ignites him. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that. I think most men can remember that one moment, whether it's like somebody made fun of them because they're fat yeah, or like somebody called them a loser. 
like that thing that stings the most, the thing yeah. that, or the thing that makes you feel like, oh my God, I could, I could be great. For me, it was like when coaches like saw something, they, they saw something special in me. Yeah. And they tell you like, hey, there's, you've got a gift. Like, mm-hmm. why are you wasting your time playing video games? I think most men don't have that in their lives. Like you said, role models. Coach. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Like imagine you're at your lowest point, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody came in and you're like, why are you playing video games when I know you can be a great wrestler? I've seen many great wrestlers, and you have everything they have. The difference is you're just here playing video games. And th- you're not going to go to bed and not think about that. Yeah. That's going to be on your mind for the until you do something about it. It'll make you start to think. Yeah, and I think that's what it, it is, is that ignition. And when we look at the modern day, there's a lot of men who are that ignition, and I think that's the reason why they get canceled. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. It's like I was gonna put in them like in a phrase like when you cold start an engine. Yeah. There's so much. You've been out there in the cold for so long. The car you just keep turning it and turning it. You gotta go through all that, but then it finally happens. It's rough. The engine sounds like shit, but it finally turned on. Yeah. I think that's what it's, metaphorically it was with some men. We gotta cold start that engine. Yeah, and sometimes you like with a motorcycle, you have to run the motorcycle a little bit in order to start getting a little bit of spark. Mm-hmm. Like you, you need that little push. Yeah. And. I think what's lacking in this culture is that push. A lot of people don't want you to be pushed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like your purpose. It's like, you go to college for what? Get a job. Spend four years. Okay, I got my job. I got to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, what is this for? Yeah. I, I think that's, a lot of guys are in the motions. They... I think the most attractive thing to a man is his ambition, is, mm-hmm. is what is pushing him. Because a lot of men are willing to do the impossible. Like, that's what s- stories are written about are about men who, who tried to achieve the impossible. Oh, yeah. Who try to achieve things that were so, like, an ordinary person would think this insurmountable. Oh, be realistic. Yeah. That's what they tell you. Like, yeah. Be realistic. Be realistic, bro. But it's funny because it's the same. People that will tell you that, they admire people who end up actually achieving those unrealistic goals and those expectations. Mm. I think what makes a man strong is he's he's able to achieve the impossible. And maybe he doesn't achieve it, but like like Nietzsche says, like what makes a man heroic is that maybe he tried to achieve that which is impossible. Seen that meme, it's like the virgin's like... Oh, why would you try? It's never gonna work. And then it's yeah, like, a like I failed, but I tried. But I tried. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's admirable. We admire that because I, at, and when I look at my own experience, like although I do admire a man who has results, I admire a man who has all that effort into what he's doing. It's like the JV kid. Yeah. He sucks, but he keeps showing up to practice. If you had that JV kid and you gave him varsity skills. That is a world class champion. Yeah, he's got that mentality. He keeps showing up. He knows he sucks, but like, and we all know the up. kid who has talent, but he does not have that. Doesn't have that work ethic. Yeah, that's what Khabib talks about. He talks about how like, he's known many people who were talented, but he said that talent is actually the one thing that will not get you far because mm-hmm. they end up not putting in the work. It's like a crutch. Yeah, they they rely on that talent, and then they have somebody who worked harder than them that will beat them. Yeah. And that guy usually, in the beginning, usually sucked. But what is rare is when you find a guy who is talented and has that mentality. Mm. And those people are the people you write stories about. Those people who have some destiny in them. 
where the moment you put them in, in the wrestling room, they're just naturally good at it. They're just they just in tune with it. And then if you were to instill that fire into that young boy, that that boy will be destined for greatness as long as you keep that fire alive. When you kill like that, Cesar. Yeah. He was a hard worker and he was really, really yeah. talented. Cesar was special. And he won state champ. He's a very special guy. I think <laughs> when you have the guys like that, that's yeah. when you have guys who are going to achieve great things in their life. But what separates all men from anything isn't really their talent, it's not their skills, it's not their ability to make money. It's their strength of spirit. Mama mentality, that's what people liked a lot about Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Kobe Bryant could have been the worst player in NBA history. But if he was working harder than everybody else, he was doing more, people would probably still talk about him. People would be like, he may not have been the best, but nobody worked like him. Yeah. That's a different level to life. And I think if you have that, I think that's what makes you strong. Because if you apply that to anything, you'll be good at it. If you apply mm-hmm. that to anything in this world, you will be good at it. And but with that comes the struggle. It comes the struggle. But you're fine with taking on that struggle because yeah. you have a reason to take it on. You have, a re- you have that purpose. Yeah. Another thing that added to it is like, let's, let's talk about what's lacking in this society. Because we talked about like, that ambition is lacking in men. Like, mm-hmm. what are the things that prevent his ambition? I want to give an example. It's godlessness, right? Like, if there's no idea of this supreme being that has a plan for you, that has, has a genuine want for you to succeed, like, what happens when your parents die? What happens when nobody gives a fuck about you anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, what happens when you don't have this being that you really want to make proud of you? Like, I know in my life, like, when the doors are closed and I'm alone, like, am I really? Because if I know that God is watching at all times, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on my best behavior. It's like, you are who you really are when people are around. Yeah, and I think for a lot of people, they... A lot of people put up a front. That's what I notice. Most, 99% of people have a front. But, like, if I were to, like, be that shadowy figure in the corner of the room, just, like, astral project into their lives, <laughs> yeah. like, you would see that, like, most people are living kind of bummy lives. Mm. And that's what maybe social media highlights is those people who are not. Those people yeah, who are not. it makes you feel worse. It does make you feel worse. Cause mm. it, and then you try to make excuses as to why they achieve what they achieve. But... Uh, the yeah. problem is, it's like, social media is an amplifier. People are drawn to that, but very few people are actually like that. Mm. And when you look at the 99% of people, they live pretty mediocre lives. And the idea of mediocrity being, like, unrealized potential. I think also it's just, like, people have this expectation of life where it's high, very high. You keep riding this wave of, like, gain attention and all that, but I think... I'm only 20 years old. I still have a lot to live. Yeah. But I think in life, it really is just like accepting the boredom. Just like going for a walk. Appreciate it. Or like having to do your chores, clean the house. Accepting that like this is life. This is okay. It's okay that my life is like this. It's fine. You, I think you begin to see for life what it really is. It's accepting the... Ironically, the small things are what make a big difference in our lives. No? Yeah, when people look at success stories and they see the heights they are at now, they don't look at, like, the hours behind the scenes yeah. to make that. Like, when you watch a YouTube video that's, like, really high quality and you, you watch it and then you try to make a video that's equal, like, you realize, like... Yeah, it's a lot of hard work. It, it takes hours. It's, it's like, the setup looks nice, but then behind the camera... Yeah, fucking... 
it's, it's a mess. Yeah. And, and when you try to make a YouTube video, like I tried to do it the other day, and you realize like this isn't necessarily hard. What's hard about it is you gotta like spend a lot of time doing it. Keep sticking to it. Like, Consistency is hard. It really is just that. Yeah. At the end of the day, like it's just the amount of time you put into it and the effort. Like it comes out in a great finished product. And if you're the product, a human being, like you gotta see what goes into that, what is necessary to have an excellent finished product. It's like in a video game where you spend hours grinding for the chance to get a loot. Yeah. Yeah, start to see that in your own life. You're spending hours right now grinding. Not to get a loot, but to like enhance a new skill or to be a better person. To become. Yes. Yeah. Well I think in video games what they make very what they do very well is seeing that and like you get the shiny item with all that. I think if you see like your the end goal is that, you'll grind as if it was a video game. Yeah. 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 And I think what video games really does exploit is like how much quicker you get your reward. Yes. And you know for sure you'll get it if you do XYZ. I think what the video game Dark Souls really perfected was like mimicking real life as much as possible, right? Like there there isn't really an easy way. You got to do the work. Like if you don't do it, then you don't win. Like yeah. if you don't beat the game, it's entirely your fault. Like it, it was just a your choice not to. There was yeah. really no excuses because mm-hmm. people have done insane builds in Dark Souls, like the stupidest things. Yeah, people dude. have beaten Dark Souls like the whole game without ever dying, like every yeah, yeah. game with Donkey Kong bongos. Yeah, I've seen that. Like when you see that, you're like, bro. Like, and you apply that in real life. Like, how many people are winners? Like real life winners, and they have all these handicaps. Yeah. And you really look at your life, like, damn. That must mean that mean, must mean something about me that I don't have. I think all of you are NPCs. Mm. You're just there to help the main, the main character. character, the hero. The hero, go on. You watch them do it. You're an NPC, bro. You die in the yeah. world. You're not important. You're not relevant. I think that's my biggest fear. Being an NPC. Being an NPC. Being a side character in someone <laughs> else's life. Mm. And I think a lot of people are just living filler episodes. But every day is filler. And then they have like the one or two moments in their life that's a big deal and they always relive that. That's why a lot of people when they're older, they relive their youth. They talk like, about how like it's the best years of your life. Or those kid those guys like right now they'll always be like, Oh, back in high school I was like state yeah. champ and shit. Yeah, they're reliving their yeah. glory days. Like, bro, you didn't come on, let's say you peaked in high school. Yeah, a lot of people tend to peak like one or two times in their life. Like what if you were always at max RPMs? Right, like every day is a peak in some way, or yeah. maybe you did better than yesterday, or maybe like your effort was matched or better. Hypothetically, that's not impossible. I mean, there are people who achieve great things with handicaps that I can't imagine. Like there's blind blind piano players. Like what yeah. prevents me from learning piano and being an expert at it? It's like it's the desire, the will to do it. Yeah, it's really the will. You, it's you really as a person. Yeah. I think my message is just be the person you always wanted to become. Let's yeah. say if your life was a movie and we're directing it. In movies, you don't really see hear people's thought processes. You only see what they do. So let's say right now we're recording and we show it to somebody else who doesn't really know you. Like, judge this person just based off what he does. You can't be like, oh, I was thinking about that. Your actions shows what... Your actions really define what you are. If you say you're an ambitious person hardworking and then we see your actions you just stay in bed all day and just 
do fuck all. Yeah. You're not that. Yeah. There was this interesting, I don't know who said it, but he said that most people really don't live their own lives. He said that they talk about other people's lives. Yeah. A lot of people, like, that's why people talk about, like, if a girl, she tries to say that, like, a guy, her ideal man has her music taste. It's like you're, what I'm I'm trying to say is that your personality becomes that which you consume rather than Mm -hmm. what you are, what you do. Yeah. For a lot of people, they, what they consume is what they are. Other people's achievements is who they are. Like my favorite music, my favorite band is like, yeah, that's your personality of another person's achievements. But if you were to sit for an hour and talk about everything you've done, all your, your experiences. Yeah. How long would that conversation last? <laughs> For a lot of people, yeah. it wouldn't be a very long conversation. It's like uh, dating. You'll talk to your girl. It's like, tell me what you've done after high school. And it's usually just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's why we let them do that. But I think for men especially, yeah, you've got to live an interesting life. Like, yeah. If you had to sit in an interview with God for like talking about everything you've done in your life and you have two hours to talk about it, like... Would you have not? Would you have not enough time to talk about the stuff you've done, or would you just have too much? Like you would have to be able to really contemplate about how much you've experienced and what you've gone through to become the man you are. And if you're not really that, then you probably don't really live an interesting life. You live a very mediocre, sad existence. I think that's the worst kind of existence because I've known I know G's like guys who have no money but they're still G like because yeah. you could sit and talk with them for hours they have about, stories to tell they have stories it's like those old heads you know, old heads you, you love old spend heads spend time talking to them they always got a story to they say always got a story that you can yeah. ask them about any subject and they can be they can relate it to their life yeah and those people are like the most important in your society because they they are leaders those are the people who are leaders those are the people who are actually like kind of they kind of shape you. They shape the direction of the future because they're able to have influence. Those are people who are really, truly influencers. Yeah, you talk to them like, damn, I got I to gotta start doing shit now. Yeah, like you're like, damn, he did all that. Like, I, I want to do that. I want yeah. to see what I want to have about. stories to tell. Yeah. That's how I feel sometimes with my coworker, David. He tells me about, he spends all his time playing basketball, going on dirt bikes and shit like that. I'm like, damn. My childhood, I was just like playing soccer and playing video games, but it sounds like your childhood was a lot more fun than mine. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I was talking about like, even to talk about my my love life as a teenage boy. Yeah. Like, right, that's going to be a whole episode. I was talking about it for an hour. Like, I was yeah, like, what? Yeah, no, it literally, imagine a bunch of literally apes just sitting around yeah. there like, tell us more, what? What? No way. Like, the entire time. Like, that's to me, episode, bro. it's funny. Like, to me, it's just like, no, it's, it's, that was just what it was. <laughs> and, but I have other stories to tell. I have other things yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah. Like, I remember accidentally, like, started writing political articles for uh, for a, a news thing. I forgot what website it oh, was. I remember. You went yeah. through, like, a phase. Like, I went through weird. a phase of being political. But that was weird. I, I had a fake name. And I started yeah. writing articles for yeah, this political magazine. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That is like... Dude, I totally forgot about that. That's so funny. You forget about that. And then well, you remember that. Like, what? Why was I doing that? Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. When you have that kind of life, that's like the well-lived life. I really think that's the best kind of life you could have. Yeah. Is when you have like stories of doing all this crazy stuff. And you don't... And you forget all about it. And then it comes up in conversation. And you're able to like talk about it for an hour. I think when you have that, that's that's generally 
and that's a big indicator of a strong man. Like mm. a lot of people try to measure a man with all these other things. I think that's a big indicator as well. Is is if you want to see if a man who has spirit in him, who has life, like it's a man who's been through stuff, who knows some stuff. Like there are men who are ninety years old. Sometimes I I would scroll through Instagram, and I would like see a random video of like a ninety five year old man, like. Like he acts like he's forty. Like he yeah. he's going off. He's firing. His his neurons are like at another level. And you're you look at him. He's like he doesn't look ninety. And that's because of the spirit in him. Like he still has that fire mm-hmm. going. And I notice for a lot of men, like I think the death of a man, it really is, is when he loses that ambition. He loses that fire. Like for example, I think when I think of my grandfather, I know the day he stops working, the day he's not needed anymore, is the day he's gonna die. And we see that with, like, there's stories of people who, like, could be, like, 75, 80 years old, and they're still working. They could be, like, chopping wood and stuff, and they're still able to do it. But the moment they retire, they age really fast. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, that, that's really indicative of, like, the man's spirit. Like, as long as you have that spirit in you, like, you will be alive. I think also society, I think we view, like, those kind of jobs as, like, a lower... And they're not treated, they're treated like lower, like truckers, mm-hmm. backbone of America. We all know that. But if you talk to someone and they're like, oh yeah, I'm a trucker. You're like, oh. Yeah. This is like a stigma. Yeah. I think if, as, like, as, if our government or society, whatever, saw them, like, if they got paid well, they're respected, they can make I don't even career. think it's necessarily the money. Like, it, it's not really even about the money. It's just like, it's like how much a, we need you. Yeah, like, we, we need you a lot, but like, we don't yeah. really show it. Yeah, like, I think, like, when you think about the jobs that pay a lot, like, oftentimes we don't really need them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I get you. Like, for some, I'm trying to think like of a job that Interior pays, designers. Like, interior designer. Like, there are some no, interior respect. designers that make a lot of money. Yeah. And it's insane to me, but that is probably indicative of the fact that it's, like, there's only... It's lopsided. There's only, like, five good interior designers, yeah. and they're going to be paid really well. But when you think about, like, people we need, like... Electrician. Yeah. Plumber. It's never really about the money. It's about the men they are and understanding that we need them. And so long as you have that balance, then yeah. And that really goes back into the idea that a lot of men aren't really needed. like, Or it's they are needed, but it's just that as a society, we don't really show that much. They are, Yeah, they are needed. Yeah, but a lot of people don't want to express yeah. that. You notice that? I remember I would ask girls this, like, do you need a man? They always say no. And I always think to myself, I'm like, well, you do. Like, the house you live in, the, the house. I'll tell them that. Like, who built your house? A man. Some Mexican workers. Some yeah. Mexican men. Who have who family. Put, who put the electricity in your home. Yeah. Like, when, if somebody were. The illegal Mexican that crossed the border has four kids. And it, it just really is just a man. Yeah. At the end right. of the day. It, like, it's some man that saw the need for that yeah. and fulfilled that need. Uh, but we don't really acknowledge that. Because there's a lot of background. Like, a lot of this stuff wouldn't exist if there weren't men who were crazy enough to do it. Yeah. It's those crazy men who are willing to, to work those long hours simply because they're needed. Like, if there was a hurricane that went through Arizona or something, there's going to be some men who will be strong enough to, like, come in and help people get out of houses that are flooded. Like Funny we, enough, like, those kind of people are, like, Republicans who, like... Yeah. Go for guns and shit like that, but when, when they need your when you when need, their we help, need them, like oh my god, thank you. Yeah, we then we actually show appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't show appreciation for the background work they do, yeah. like the the work they do that we don't notice, and that's I argue that's the most important, like because the, if you don't show that appreciation in the background, then you, when you in times of high need, mm-hmm. what if they don't show up? Well, shit. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and I think for a lot of boys, they don't feel needed. Like, there's no... I th- it's an interesting thing about men, I've noticed, is that men will do... Men will go to war simply because they're needed. Like, if... Mm. That's why, like, when you look at propaganda for, like, whatever, we for young men, you. we need you. Like, well, oh, I'm need. needed. <laughs> yeah. I'm needed. My country needs me. My country needs me. My family a, needs me. They have me. a purpose. They have a purpose now. Like, it, it's not really dependent on their feelings anymore. It's not really dependent on them anymore. It's something outside of them. Especially if the enemy is objectively bad. I mean, like, World War Two, we know that Nazi Europe was objectively bad. We got a whole country Sure. Around, I, I mean, I'm sure helps. that's a motivation, yeah, but I think helps. the bigger motivator is that our country needs you to fight evil. Yeah. It's like, oh, you need me? Like, oh, okay. I can make a change. I can make a change because, like, I'm important enough for your cause. Like, that's what happens for a lot of guys. Like, I think that's also something that gets guys into groups that are, like, terrible, like, terrorist organizations Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, that are actually genuinely evil. Like, it's because there's that brotherhood aspect. Or, like, gang gangs. Yeah, Yeah, gangs. Like, the idea that you're needed in this gang. Like, school is one option, but the the school itself is bad like there's no enough funding for after school activities like if they were to join a sports team they, they can find that there but they don't have money the school doesn't have money for that or very underfunded so what's the next alternative gang I'd argue like talking about schools is from my own experience with like how education treats boys like before Brophy because Brophy, Brophy was male centric it's surrounded around men like any other school before that like it was terrible being a boy like I remember right. I would go, I would get sent to the detention office for acting like a boy. Like, what do boys do? They, they play fight, right? Like, they, they do, they shoot each other from across the room. They, they talk back. Like, they're, they're boisterous. Mm -hmm. And girls are the opposite. Girls don't really do that. But I noticed when I was in middle school, when I was in elementary school, I would get in trouble for things that really wasn't indicative of me being a shitty kid. It was indicative of me being a boy. Like when I would question why the teacher would do something <laughs> yeah. and I would get sent to the office and it would just be a bunch of older women thinking yeah. I'm sexist. Our principal was a woman. Our, our, our dean was a man, but um, yeah, our school administrator was a woman. Yeah, it was a lot of women. It's mainly women. And yeah. imagine you're a woman dealing with a bunch of young boys. Like that's where men are for. Men are the ones who understand that and can direct the young men. Yeah, but, that's why like that... When we were eighth grade, Rose team, we had Mr. Long talk to us. Yeah. Like, yeah, you needed a man to, like... Yeah, even they knew, us. like, okay, go talk Let to Let the them. man talk to the boys. And that's what I noticed. School, edu- public education systems in general, is they're gynocentric. They're made more for women. And that's fine if you're in a woman's space. But try to keep a boy sitting still for hours on end and telling him to not talk back, to not, like, challenge authority. Like, part of being a man is challenging authority. That's what all teenagers do. Like teenage boys, especially, they challenge authority. That's yeah. what they do. They they cross boundaries. They try to break rules. That's what they yeah. do. And that's how they learn boundaries. That's how they learn rules. We're just different that way. But that's why boys are disproportionately uh, misdiagnosed with ADHD. It's because they're acting like a boy. Like they're, they're just trying to... They're, they're living the way they are in an environment where it suppresses that. Mm. And I think when you do that for... Up until you're 18 years old, and then you try to go out in the world, you, you're not a man. You don't have the skills, the character of being a man. Because it's necessary to be masculine in this world. you you got to be that way if you need to live on your own. You need to get a job. You need to find success in something. right? You need those characters, character traits. And if you didn't hone that 
and for the most of the time in school that was actually suppressed like of course a lot of boys it's difficult yeah like my family the other day i was talking to my grandparents about how my cousins like they they're grown up they mainly they were mainly boys but they were very overweight mm. and they were very spoiled and the moment my cousin Skyler turned 18, I think, yeah, 18 or 19, like, he just didn't want to go out and work. He didn't want to go to college. He just wanted to go to his mom's house and just live there. Yeah. Just live. Like, what is that indicative of? And I think that's indicative of an upbringing that really suppressed his male instinct, mm. his, his male drive. It's like, have you seen that one post of Arnold Schwarzenegger's sons like no <laughs> his son being raised by his daughter is all fat and his, his son raised by his, his mother mom, and then his son raised by him he's jacked but yeah that's, that's probably real if you're not raised in an environment that's male friendly that kills the male instinct it, it's not conducive to you like imagine raising a girl in an all-male environment like most people be like that's not probably she's not gonna yeah, turn should out do that. but when we when talk it, about boys like, like putting oh. boys in all-female environments are like that's okay. okay. Yeah. And also with boys, like, you're more likely to be raised in a single mother home now. Like, imagine that. Well, because of the way her... Yeah. Because of, the way, because of how divorce works and yeah. how people are, like, have to go between houses and most of the time they spend most of the time with the mother. Like, what does that shape the man into? Mm, true. And I'd argue it suppresses the masculine in him. And I noticed that with a lot of boys our age. They don't... It's actually very rare quality. I think in our society being masculine is being seen as sexist now. I think it's completed. That's, that's the idea that's being pushed. I think that's often completed. It's, I, I think that should be a topic for another video. Okay. We're already at an hour, dog. Alright. <laughs> yeah, we are. Well, we can keep going. We can keep going, yeah. Yeah, I think it's an interesting topic. I really do think the masculine seems to be conflated with sexism because there's a lot of aspects about being a man that like people don't people 50 years ago accepted. Yeah. Right. Like, like a guy being territorial over his woman. Right. Like I notice, like for a lot of guys who are generally masculine, they don't really, how do I describe this? This is just one aspect of it, but like a male behavior, right. They just don't like other guys talking to a girl. Right. Yeah. Or her having guy friends. Yeah. For instance, like I, I don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. And I would always make that clear. Like, why do you have guy friends? I don't, I don't like that. But when you listen to women, like in this guy in a centric society, like they say that there's nothing wrong with that and that you're a sexist for believing that. But you got to understand, like men cannot control their feelings on this. That's just a masculine paradigm. That's just something we don't like. We're very mm. territorial. Well, it's something to touch on. Uh... A different episode, but yeah. I have an example of what you meant. Like, like two different types of men. So I'm working with David, six foot eight, tall dude. Yeah. So we're talking about uh, we have a basketball tournament for our company, and he's telling me the story of our manager's man. He's this like white skinhead looking dude. From what he's told me, white skin looking too, bagging pants. He was smoking. And he showed up to the basketball tournament, and then he's friends with the man's manager. She's our manager, right? So she, our, David went for like to hug her side hug mm. and then they play an hour later the manager comes up to there like you know my man doesn't like you hugging me like that mm. and he just laughs like ha and then he told me he's like bro that man's a bitch I can tell he's a bitch because 
why didn't he come up to me and talk to yeah, me and like say that? Yeah. yeah. Like if that was me, I would have gone up respectfully. Like, yo, I don't like the way you're touching my girl. I don't like, like that. that you're touching my girl. Yeah, yeah. that's and that if you were a man, you would respect that. You'd be like, because there's that underlying idea that there could be violence, right? Yeah. Like if you actually, if David was approached by the guy and he David did it again, that would imply that like, okay, this only escalates. Yeah. But he sent his girl to do it. Like, yeah, man. He like I asked him like, do you think he's tough? Like, hell no. Yeah, he does no respect. Then he told me the story. He's like, oh, he's not. He's like, yeah, he's not. Yeah. There's boundaries. I think yeah. in this world, I think a lot of things, it's fine when there's those boundaries, right? Like, I think that's fine. I generally think, like, if I, as a man, don't want you touching my girl, I can go up to that Respectfully man Respectfully like, say, like, hey, man. I'm like, I don't like Hey, man, don't approach my girl like that. I, I don't like it how you do that. And if they want to escalate that, then things escalate, right? Yeah. But I think a lot of that is kind of pushed down. I think it's because we're very domesticated. Like, mm. I think a lot of, like, generally the masculine paradigm is, like... I think our balls are chopped off, like, the dogs. Yeah. Like, like they chop off the balls. Yeah. Because they, they tame them. They get tamed. Yeah. And the worst thing that happened to man is to get tamed, right? Mm. Like, that's what prevents them from doing crazy things. To, to bring down that huge ant mammoth for the mm. village. Yeah. Like, that masculine idea of just wanting to do the impossible. Like, you got to have a culture that really fuels that. Like, really, really likes that. Look at Mexican culture. Yeah. A lot of man. A lot of man. Man doing hard work. Yeah. And the woman is at home taking care of the children. Yeah, it's very traditional. Very traditional. Like, and, you know, they live in run-down communities, but they live happily. They're very happy. Yeah, I think it's also because they need to have that survival. They need to have their basic needs met. So they don't have enough time to, like, talk about, oh, I'm the man. I, yeah, like, they, we need to discuss these things. No, like, no, I need you to bring food for our children. Yeah, like, I have kids, and you need to go out there and work to yeah. make sure these kids are, like, provided for. Like, that's just basic instinct. Mm -hmm. We were, we go back to our instincts the moment things get hard. Yeah. Right? That's what I think happens. But, yeah, I think this culture really, because of how easy it is, that's why, back to the point, like, when they say they don't need a man, kind of, yeah. Like, technically, in some ways, in their day-to-day, -day, right? Because, yeah. like, your mom needs a man. Like, yeah. imagine if she didn't have your dad and she had to take care of three sons yeah. on her own. It's almost impossible to do in, in, in a good way. Mm -hmm. But when you look at most people's lives, like, yeah, they don't really directly need a man. And that really stifles the masculine of a lot of boys. They end up becoming feminine, mm -hmm. I notice. A lot of boys aren't really very, very masculine. I, I've met a lot of feminine guys or guys who are neutral. Right, yeah. I met a lot of neutral or very feminine guys, like on that spectrum. But rarely do I meet a lot of very masculine guys. And the ones you do, like you notice. Yeah. They're, and they're in very specific spots, right? Yeah. Like, like frats. Frats, or you go to the MMA gym. Like yeah. there's not very many feminine guys at MMA. Like, nah. or at least the really good guys there. Like they're they're scary. Yeah. But they they're few and far between, and that's because there's no real need for it. There's no call for it. And that's what makes it spiritual, right? Like, you have to choose to be masculine now. There's no environment that's pushing you towards that. No, you make a conscious decision. Yeah, your environment masculine. is pushing you to be more feminine or neutral. And I think that has a lot of implications. It's like the same, uh, good men create strong times. Strong yeah. times create... I got, I got it backwards. Good but men create easy times. Easy times create, create weak, weak men. men. Weak yeah. men create hard times. There you go. That's true. We're in an I think era. we lived in an era where strong men created good times. Yeah. We're living through the good times. 
with men being hard times are coming. Yeah, hard times are gonna be very hard, and it's it, it it's kind of gonna be like survival of the fittest. Yeah, you know it's an interesting thought. What most men in history did not reproduce. Like famous men. Like most men, like it took all the men in human history, most did not reproduce. Why? War. Oh, because they died. Because <laughs> they died. Yeah, okay. Or, okay. or, they, or they were okay. incels. <laughs> yeah. Like, when we think about, like, right now, like, how many incels we have, or, like, oh, the wow. fact that we have, like, uh, there's no war to, like, weed out the weak, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Because that's yeah. what war does. It, it weeds out the weak and only strong. Any conflict. Survive. Yeah. Yeah, the, if there's no war like that, like, what you end up happening uh-huh. is this huge population of incels. And, <laughs> Bro. and doomers like now we're in this period of time where like you can be weak and you can survive mm. it's almost unprecedented it's unprecedented like yeah. never in history have weak men survived like women like they can't because there will be always be a man out there to take care of them yeah and back then actually when you look at it statistically like they're more polygynous we talked about this the other day like it, it was generally like a very strong man or high status man who had multiple wives yeah. But when you look at, like, the grand scheme of things, like, most men did not have wives. Like, most men either di- died in war or couldn't even, like, afford to take care of a woman, let alone himself. So a lot of men were just slaves, a, or maybe they were able to get a wife. And what we're seeing now is there's there's no filter. Like, there's nothing that will weed out the weak men. <laughs> so now you have this huge population of men that are single and and lonely and... Don't have much ambition, and they're kind yeah. It all boils down to the purpose. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, it, it's a funny thing to think about. Like, yeah, I think that's what runs off right there. Cool, find purpose.